Welcome and thank you for joining us for this week's GCC podcast. Well, we're on this series called Expand, and really, last week, we really encouraged you to look at the empty seats that were around you and realizing who is God really purposefully wanting for you to invite for those seats. It's interesting, I was talking to somebody this morning, they watched the message online, and they said, uh, I brought my friend today. So they went from online to then here in the seat, and they brought a friend with them, so thank you so much for doing that as well. But... It's amazing what Jesus is doing. He's drawing people, but we realize that the, the obstacle for people to connect with Jesus many times is the invitation, is what we talked about last week, and really encouraging us to, to care about the empty seat that's next to us, especially when we go to two services. We're going to make room for more people to connect with Jesus. But today I want to understand, talking about um, expand, I want us to think about expanding our capacity for compassion, our capacity for compassion. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me or your device. Remember, you can find that on our app as well. You can go to our GCC app where there's little dots on the bottom under services. Go there and you will be able to find the Bible app right inside the, our app as well. But Luke chapter 10, 25 through 37 and, and I'm going to make a case a little bit this morning for us to consider that maybe our lives are so full that it's preventing us to act in the ways of compassion and generosity that God is wanting us to function and flow in. You see, when we say that we're, like, we're asking a lot of this church right now because it's a season of growth, we're asking you to serve, which by the way, you can go out at the end of service and you can um, sign up to serve and you'll get your, your serve volunteer t-shirt. Um, we're asking you to get involved in a small group, which by the way, you can go to the computers right there. They're already ready for you just to find your small group that you want to be plugged into. Signing up online is the way we're going to do it this year. Today's the last day for that. Um, so you don't want to miss out. Um, so we're asking a lot. So you're thinking, oh my word, I've got to like another night out. I'm going to be like having to be scheduled. And how can I do all of this? I want you to think a moment about how full your life is. How many times do you try to do multitask, right? Text and drive. Don't raise your hand I, because we have police officers who are looking around here. Thankfully for, uh, you know, we can speak into our phones now, so maybe we can get more things done. But, but what is your capacity? I heard an interesting statistic today talking about capacity, even in our generosity, that 40% of our population in the United States of America could not cover a $400 expense with savings. Let me say that again. 40%, almost half of our population could not cover a $400 expense with savings, which means we're tapped out. This is why we're encouraging you to take FPU, Financial Peace University. We're going to help you deal with finances God's ways. Sign up today for that. But your, our own lives are full, aren't they? Maybe you're retired and every day's Saturday and you're saying, I wish my life was more full. But the reality is, as many of us have a lot of things going on and maybe it's just not work related, but we fill ourselves with activity, activity, activity. You know, we're, we're scrolling through our, our news feeds on our social media. We got so much going on or maybe we're binging on a, the latest Netflix show 
which I've never done that, but I have to confess. The Bible says confession is good, right? Confess your sins one to another. Here we go. So over Christmas time, I felt like a drug addict doing it, but I binge watched my first show. It was called Undesignated Survivor, um, and I, I watched like maybe 12 episodes over the matter of three days. It was not good. Um, I did. I, my kids were like, Dad, what are you doing? We've never seen you do this before. I was like, I don't know, but I can't stop. <laughs> you know, they end this on the, on the last little bit, that, that cliffhanger, and just like, it's just too easy to say, next episode. Right? Oh... But we fill our lives with so much, and I would say, you know, what, are, what is in our lives? And we're going to talk about really what is in our lives and in our hearts and what's sitting on the seats of our hearts. Today, I want you just to think about these chairs for a moment before we get into the scripture. These, these green chairs represent these seats that are in our lives, that are in our hearts, and they're filled with something, and they're filled with something right now, and every single one of you has a lot of full things in your life, and I want to contend that this seat right here should be the seat of Jesus Christ who sits on the throne of our hearts, and we'll go into this for a moment, but I just wanted to let you know what that visualization is. So in Luke chapter 10, Jesus starts to have this um, encounter with his lawyer, and this is what the lawyer says in verse 25. Or this is the account of the, the story that took place. It says, And behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Great question, right? Many people are asking that. What do I need to do to ensure my life in eternal, eternal life? In other words, not eternal damnation, but eternal life. He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? Jesus always responds with questions. I love it. He puts it back on the people. And then he says, and he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. This is Jesus saying, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. So it seems like that's an easy conversation. Jesus, you answered correctly. Love the Lord your God. This is like all the Ten Commandments are summed up in these things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. But then he goes on to this, which I think is fascinating that then Jesus says, you know what, He's, he asked the right question, he got the right answer, but he's still missing it. And could we be still missing it? So Jesus then gives a parable. Now a parable is not a true story, it's a made up story to make a point. And Jesus makes up this story. And he says, but he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, in other words, he thought he got the right answer going. He's like testing Jesus a little bit more, but Jesus says, you're missing it. And Jesus gives this a parable. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among some robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead.
Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by to the other side of the road. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed to the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and where he saw him, he had compassion. Can you say that word, compassion? Compassion. Remember, we're talking about how do we increase our capacity for compassion today. He had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, poured on oil and bound uh, and wine. Then he set him on his animal, probably a donkey or a horse, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii money and gave it to the innkeeper saying, take care of him. And whatever you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? This is all Jesus telling you this story. So now he asks another question. Which do you think, the Levite, the priest, or the Samaritan? And the lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do Likewise, go and do likewise. So in other words, okay, maybe he had to come down to this point of understanding it's not just about knowing what it is, how to live righteously, how to live right, love your God, love the Father, God, Father, with your mind, soul, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself, in your mind that actually you need to move to a place of compassion. And I would say compassion without action is just observation, You see, I think we, our our hearts can be moved sometimes, but do we do anything about it? And I would think in this story, we have the priest, we have the Levite, we have the Samaritan. The first two, they were religious leaders. Actually, in that time, the, uh, the priest and the Levite were of the same order. They are of the the family of Levi, which was the priestly order of the 12 tribes, carried on generationally that the, the families of the Levites would be carry out priestly duties. So you'd have a, just the order of what you'd have a high priest, you'd have a priest, and then a little bit lower than the priest is a Levite. But they would have these religious duties. So basically, he's using these people who would say they should know better. They're the ones who are instructing people in the ways of God and who are caring about God's ways. And yet here they are, they're walking down, which by the way is, is about a 17 mile trek by foot. These two cities that he talked about from Jericho to, what was the other town? Jerusalem, 17 miles. And so here it is, they would say it is a treacherous Um, journey, and that's why this guy got robbed. And so could they say, well, they were justified in going to the other side because after all, they might stop and it's it's a ploy. They might get mugged themselves. Or they might just say, you know what? We're so busy. We have an appointment. We have to get to our next priestly duty, and we can't even stop to address what's going on. And do you feel that way sometimes that you're going so fast? You might see a need, but you can't even slow down to meet the need. Or some would say, you know, some of the, the, the religious laws back there that a, a religious person, a Levite, a priest, couldn't touch a dead body, so maybe they thought it was dead, and well, I couldn't do anything about it anyways. But 
the scripture says he was half dead, which probably meant he was moaning and moving, so I don't buy that one. But the same token, Jesus wasn't too concerned about the reason why. He just said they stepped to the other side of the road and kept going. And he was bringing to this point of saying, but there was one who acted with compassion. Now, what was it that the Samaritan was able to do to act in compassion? He had to give up his time. He had to give up his resources. Not only did he stop and address the situation, he then had to pause from his journey, which he already probably had a plan, took him to an inn, cared for him, and paid for him. So talking about increasing our capacity for compassion, where do we find time to do that? And where do we have the extra money to do that? These seats behind us begin to tell a story. You see, the early church, when Jesus was around, the early church was very effective to talk about the kingdom of God and to see people come to find healing, freedom, deliverance. They spent time talking with them, engaging with them, going to people's houses and eating. But guess what? The early church, they had the same 24 hours that we do. So the question is, what's in the seats of your lives that make us so busy and so preoccupied and so full and so tight with our finances that we wouldn't have the capacity to be like the Samaritan who would stop and act with compassion could it be the amount of time that you spend on social media? Because we say we don't have time, but if you were starting to write down everything that you did in the day, you might be surprised how much time is unproductive time. Should you, could you possibly just say, you know what, I'm going to change some things in my life and I'm going to kick out some social media out of my life and empty that out of my life, sitting in my seat of my heart and empty that out. Maybe in the morning, you know, I, I'm going to then, instead of when this is kicked out, I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to be in my devotional time that's really going to help me to see what God sees. We talked about that in that series. Do you see what I see? That we need to have God's view on situations. Maybe it's the, the number of times we go to Starbucks or, or Dunkin' Donuts. We say, we don't have any money to be generous. Okay. Bloop. See a Starbucks. <laughs> See a Dunkin' Donuts. Bloop. Well, you know what? You just freed up $5. And with that $5, you can be generous and meeting somebody's need and compassion. What do you need to empty out of the seats of your life so you can have capacity in your life so you can address the needs of people? Because I, I, I think what our lives are so filled with is stuff and then we realize that Jesus has actually asked us to have people in the seats of our lives, not a bunch of stuff. All right, uh, now I've just touched a few points. Maybe I'll go a little bit deeper. So, so those of you who have young kids who are in all those travel sports teams, no, you can't touch that one though. Can't go there. Because I've, I've been there, so I'm, I'm, t I'm talking to me because I've been there and we're busy, 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 busy. And 
I know we all think our kids are going to make major league sports. We all know that, right? And so we're just like, I want to give them the best opportunity. But at what cost? At what cost? Who is in, wants to be in your life that get, wants to be ministered to, that wants to have the, the hope of Jesus Christ in your life? What needs to be tipped out of your life to make more room for more people to be in your life that you can begin to meet their needs. You see, I think Jesus was telling the story, and it wasn't just about the physical condition of this person, that I believe there are half-dead, naked people spiritually all around us. And they're just crying out for somebody to notice them and to slow down and to stop and to say, would you help me bind up these wounds? Find freedom in my life. I just need somebody to care for me. I'm so lost. I'm so broken. But you can hear that. And as long as our lives are so full with things and activities and that we can hear it and say, yeah, I agree, but then we never have a chance to have our compassion be met with some action to actually do something about it. So today, my question is, and if you're in life group and your life groups are starting this week, you're going to be talking about some of those things. What are those things in the, the seats of your life? And how are you going to start emptying some things out so you can be putting the right things in and so you can address the brokenness of people? The people who so desperately want somebody to stop and to look them in their eye and say, how are you doing? Tell me about your life. Let me hear your story. You see, making room for people in the seat of your heart will re require cutting things out of your lives. It, it is, because in the U.S., in our culture, we don't want to cut anything out. We just want to keep adding, 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 right? My wife and I, are, uh, we'd watched the first little show yesterday on... Um, she is an Asian woman, but she talks about decluttering and emptying out your life of all of this stuff. And uh, the, the one little brief thing that we saw was, was she basically was helping somebody empty out all your closets. And, you know, we buy something new and we just hang it up in our closet. But our closets are so jam-packed that we can't even appreciate and use all the things that we have. And so she laid it all out, and there was a mound of clothes on her bed. And I think it's so representative of what our culture is all about. We just want to keep adding, adding, adding. And I'm contending that we need to start taking away, taking away, taking away. So we can have more room in our lives, not for things, not for our own selfishness, but for other people. You see, the lawyer was right when he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, body and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. But practically what that looks like is you need to actually act with compassion. You need to see the needs around you. If I can just have... Cam come up on the keys for a moment. I, I just, 
I want to, you to just take a moment and just kind of do a quick little inventory of your life. What would it look like for you to remove some things? And then what would it look like to fill it with people? You see, I, I would also say that a great way of doing this is understanding that are you in a life group? And I, I know the people that are not in life groups, they, they would often say, well, I don't really need it. But what if somebody else needs you? You see, I think sometimes we feel like as long as we're set, then, then we're set. But the reality is, is maybe we're set but then God needs to give us the eyes to see those who are not all set. I just believe that we're in a season that there are so many hungry people for Jesus. They may not know, they might not say Jesus, but they're so lost on the inside that they're so broken on the inside when I say broken, is that they just feel fragmented. But this call on the inside of their very being is they truly are like this man who has been robbed. The world has stolen from so many people and left them broken, bruised, and naked on the side of the road. The world has done that. Of that they will experience is only found in Jesus Christ. And as after we said last week that the only way that people will experience Jesus Christ is by somebody acting with compassion and slowing their lives down just long enough to look them in their eyes and really care about the condition of their soul. I want to say, though, there are people who are already doing that. But I just want it to continue. Can I tell you a few stories of people who have done that this week? This week we hosted Family Promise. Yeah, we love Family Promise. Family Promise is, a, is an organization that works with a lot of area churches, and we just happen to be a host church. And what we do for them is we host homeless families, which... By the way, there's a couple families here who've gone through the program that are now members of our church. We love them and, and they serve. What I love about that actually is those members actually come back and serve those families that are in the program now. And it does my heart so great to see this. But what it takes is people to give up their time. They sleep overnight. Volunteers sleep overnight here. They give up of their resources. They've got to uh, cook meals and serve meals to these families. So they're doing it. I believe they're being like the Good Samaritan. Let me tell you about another thing that took place this week. So there was a group of foster care parents. It's a foster care support group. These foster parents have adopted or supported these kids or fostered kids. And they lost their meeting space. And they heard that we were wanting to get involved in the foster care crisis. And through one meeting to another, I believe there were divine appointments. 
that we now are a host site for this group, which is amazing in itself. But what was more amazing, because it's easy to open our doors, right? It's easy to open the doors. But what's not so easy is for a life group then to say, you know what? What is the biggest need for these parents is to have a little respite from the kids. So if we're coming here as parents, we're probably bringing the kids. And I was here when they were meeting and those kids are crazy, but lovely at the same time. But a life group came, not only provided a meal for this group, but then says, we're going to look after these kiddos for you while you meet. Man. You see, it's people like that who are living it out to say they're being the Samaritan. They understand the needs that are in people's lives and they pause just long enough to say, you know what, I'm going to slow my life down just enough and remove things out of my life just enough so I can respond to the needs around me. The cool thing is, is, is the connections that are already being made. Because I think sometimes we address the physical needs and along comes addressing the spiritual needs as well. What a privilege. Well, I'm going to ask Brett and Nara to come and sing. Nara's going to sing a song. We don't want Brett to sing the song, Brett. Um, but she's going to be sharing a, a brief story herself. But it's going to be talking about God's grace. And I, I wonder if we would, as this is being sung, that we reflect of what this message was, but also realize that at some point in time, Jesus met us right where we're at. And the grace that we received, I believe that we need to extend that same grace to those around us. Dara, you wanted to share a little bit? Thanks, Mark. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for making us feel welcome here this morning. It's just a tiny bit chillier than it is at home. <laughs> We, um, the past few years for us have looked quite different than we had anticipated and expected. Um, for us, living back home in Australia has been awesome to be around family, but unfortunately a couple of years ago I was diagnosed with lupus amongst other health issues that I've been dealing with. On top of that, my mother who lives with us was diagnosed with Lewy body disease, which is half dementia and half Parkinson's. So I help care for her as well, which some days are really quite difficult when I myself have been trying to, I guess, get well whilst caring for somebody else. But I know for us as a family we know that everybody has a story. We know that everybody's going through difficult times. And we've seen God bless us and come through time and time again. And we know the importance it is to be able to continue despite our circumstances, and some days are really tough, but to be able to serve and to be able to continue to see God work through us and work through different people as we just trust in him daily. 
daily completely trusting in him in our own circumstances, but continuing to walk in his grace, in his love, to share with others as well. Amongst all of this, I find writing songs um, just a part of, I guess, what God's given me and a part of how I deal with things or how I cope with things through the day. And so I want to uh, share this song that I'd written about this with you guys here this morning. Thanks. But I can't sing it without Brett. (laughs) Are we missing something? Are we doing something Australian and not American? Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Let me see, let me just Sorry, jump in here Thank for a you. moment. Thank you, Nara. Um, are you going to be able to get a battery for him? Okay. So I'll keep talking while we get the battery um, on that because uh, it'll be beautiful, but it'll be more beautiful with uh, uh, Brett playing. Yeah, so, so do you understand that when, when life, like Nara is experiencing, I mean, we all relate to that, right? We we have these expectations of what life should look like, and then when, when things throw us for a loop a little bit, like health issues, like a death of a loved one, it easily, it, we could easily start to turn inward and realize that, oh, I'm just trying to get through my life. I think the connection from that and this, this story of, of the Good Samaritan is realizing that the Samaritan could have easily been saying, you know what, which I think the Levite and the priest were doing, it's like, I have all the reasons why I can't. It's, un, it's unclean, it's unholy, I'm busy. Um, I might get robbed, the fear, right? And that's the things that just kind of connect into us is, is we have all the reasons why we can't help somebody else. And yet, that's the very thing that Jesus is asking us to do is to give of ourselves beyond ourselves. But I think we need Jesus' grace to be able to do that. That we need to be able to move beyond our current circumstance to realize that his grace is, is more than enough for us. If we keep our eyes looking to the top of the mountain where Jesus stands, he's with us here, but he also tells us to keep looking up that at that moment in time that we realize that his grace is sufficient for us, that we then can extend grace to others. Sounds like you're all set. I have felt the pain, the tears bring in the night.
Well, Grace, Grace does win. Um, thank you, Nara. Uh, I know you wrote that song. You shared a little bit of that, of just kind of popped out of you in the midst of your own life circumstance. And so thank you for sharing that gift with us. You know, I think the only way that I know how to make sure that grace continues to win in our lives is to keep Jesus on the throne of our hearts. Keep allowing him to kick things out of our lives that really don't produce any, fr- any fruit for the kingdom of God. Have the courage. Knock some of that stuff out. And then realize that as God has shown you grace, as grace is winning in your life, then extend that grace to other people. There are so many people who, spiritually speaking, are on the sides of the road, half naked, half dead. And they're waiting for you, the Good Samaritan, to stop and to meet their need and introduce them to Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. If you would like more information about Grace Capital Church and how you can become a part of this community here in New Hampshire, please visit us online at gccnh.com. Have an incredible day.